Hey, thanks for joining us on Music Marvels. I'm a chick with beats. And I'm Breezy Gibson. And we're glad that you're rocking with us today. You know, we got a great show lined up for you. Of course, music industry news. And we have our our, our homie, our, our business protege, uh, Sean Cobain, joining us a little bit later with some knowledge and some, some gems that he's going to drop. So make sure that you're ready for that. I'm excited. How about you? Oh, man, you know, he's got all kinds of things going on. And, and uh, so I'm looking forward to that. We got all kinds of things going on. So I'm looking forward to for that, too. So <laughs> let's make it happen. <laughs> all right, let's go. again one more again and we're on the scene you know this young man as i've said before he's blazing a trail and continues to blaze a trail on the knowledge tip on the uh the friendliness tip on the awareness tip and so many different tips the advisement tip especially okay so without any further ado we're coming again with words of wisdom and a whole lot of knowledge the one and only sean cobain sean what's up they appreciate you thank you Appreciate that warm and generous uh, <laughs> intro there. And happy holidays. 
And uh, before I even get started, just want to just send some love, you know, your way, uh, both of your way. You guys show a lot of love to people, give a lot of people a lot of credit, a lot of compliments. I just want to let you know that I'm thankful for you. And what you're doing is amazing. You know, I mean, this is like the reason why I got into this. So you guys are providing an excellent platform, giving people a chance to get their voices out, creators. I think what you're doing is dope. Glad to be a part of it. Thank you so much. We appreciate that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and likewise, and likewise. Yeah. So, so how you doing today? What you, got, what you got up? I got a couple things on the agenda, but uh, first and foremost, I always have to ask how everyone's day is going, you know, professionally. <laughs> oh, professionally? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You got to throw that out there. Cause if, if you just ask, and then next thing you know, you start hearing about, you know, all types of drama. I learned that the hard way. Mm, oh, yeah. Okay. How you doing? Oh man, well my aunt died and then my dog died and then I'm like, okay, okay. Right. How's the business going? Oh, you know, business is not bad. Awesome. Awesome. Give you something, <laughs> something to focus on. Yeah, that's dope. But rest in peace, Dolph, man. Young Dolph. Mm-hmm. I lost lost a independent superstar last week. Um you know, we don't know what's going on with it, of course, but just watching his growth and watching his career and watching him promote um, independency and especially in hip hop. Uh, it's just an awesome thing that he did. And it's one of those things, man, where people are here, but their legacy will live on. So stream his music if you listen, you know, um, his family definitely gets the proceeds from that. And let's stop killing each other, not just in hip hop, but just in general. Yeah, yes. So I actually want to start off and uh, actually I sent you something a couple of days ago. I don't know, Breezy, if I sent it to you too, um, in reference to more or less uh, two New York uh, lawmakers want to uh, want prosecutors in New York to stop using uh, lyrics against artists in their trials. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I mean, it sounds, it sounds great. It sounds great. And it actually is one of those things that it's more or less of like a new concept and you wish you could have more of an argument but so many people here not to justify or point out a certain certain um genre or so but like the drill music scene when that took over you know it's getting to a point now to where you know people are putting you know crimes in music things that really happen and they're actually being prosecuted off of that. Like one of the biggest ones, biggest stars that we saw up and coming on the rise was Bobby Shmurda. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they use the lyrics. And the thing about it is it, you make it hard to have an argument for them not to, you know, to use that against you in court when you're literally using um, the situation, the names, everything. So you, they kind of make it kind of hard because you don't have to be you know, if you're out here in the streets and that's what you're doing, leave the streets in the streets. Because um, the, the music business, they're, they respect business. They're not going to let you be a millionaire, not going to let you be a goon. You know, I mean, look at the same thing with T.I. I mean, and they have a long reach. They, they know a lot. You know, they hear everything. And it's one of those things that I say before, uh, most people don't even realize that the only industry that regulates the entertainment industry is the federal government. So when you submit, when you're submitting your copyrights, your trademarks, you know, your music, 
um, just a random audit, you know, if it's reviewed at all, that puts you on someone's radar and then that just bounces you through. And then that's why a lot of these cats get what well, they've heard of it. You know, you get the Rico mm-hmm. and it's like, we just have to kind of scale back, you know what I'm saying, on more or less um, really in just the putting hip hop in a box, you know, uh, rap before when you used to say rap and embodied you know, everything, but now it's just more or less when you mention rap, the first thing people think about more or less is, you know, the gangster rap, um, drill culture, X, Y, Z. And one of the reasons why uh, people focus on that is because that's what's being pushed. Mm-hmm. And, and it's always been pushed. Um, and it's always been pushed in our culture, uh, really since they tapped into it, I want to say what, reference, what a prison um, industrial complex, that was in like the 50s. Mm-hmm. But then you carry over to, you know, the 90s and when you have a three strike rule and so many different things that um, really proceeded and just really excelled the mass incarceration. And hip hop had a large part of that. Like people don't necessarily understand that these big companies will sell black violence. It's profitable to them. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but say right now, if my label, if I was to start, you know, a music video that referenced, you know, no, no live puppies or anything, but kill the puppies, there would be public outcry, you know, if I if I started to kill the puppies campaign. And that's just one of those things that's insane because you can literally sit in a meeting and just ask questions, you know, well, would you market music about X, Y, Z? And then they'll tell you, no, would you do this? Well, no. Would you do this? Well, no. Well, what about a black man kill another black man? Well, well, that depends. <laughs> and that's just one of those things. And, and in hip hop, and it goes back to, and I'll reference all the time, because I remember a time um, being younger and growing up in the golden age of hip hop. Uh, you, you heard hip hop just many different forms. You know, you had the gangster rap if you wanted. You had the positive rap. You had just the you know, normal neighborhood rap. You had, even, you know, you had different different genres the happy-go-lucky and then all of a sudden we get to the 90s and you see the success of groups like uh, NWA which Mm -hmm. the first ones to really kind of kick the door off uh, the mainstream with that type of music and once the industry saw how lucrative lucrative it was and not only how lucrative but impressionable it was um, this time it wasn't like in the 70s you know 60s and 70s where they were using music they've always thought we communicated through music and music is just really just passion. It's just the language of the people. And the reason why these songs grow is because people identify with this. Mm-hmm. So therefore, lawmakers are looking at it as just art. You know, they're not looking at it and understanding that these are people's, you know, diaries. These are people's journals. So you're going to glimpse into their lives. So when you get that, of course, you know, you get what may be perceived as mass organization because, you know, they use certain songs, you know, they wanted to ban and they, you know, back in the 60s because they, you know, oh, it's gonna incite riots and that is just far from the truth. Uh, The problem with that was the camaraderie and that the music, it brings people together and it makes them form a bond and it makes them have conversations that they wouldn't normally have. So it's always been an assault on the entertainment industry and the black creator um, far as either censorship um, or just even monetization. Right, uh, and, it, and it's been that way. You hear stories about 
you know, the Ray Charles, his deal, and even when he negotiated his deal back then, he negotiated a great deal for, you know, an artist back then, and especially for to be, you know, a blind black man. And then I kind of looked at that throughout the years, and I'm looking at like as many of the black record labels that we had and that were popping up and some of the greatest artists and how they don't own their catalogs. And a lot of times how that was happening is because they were being bought out, you know, by larger companies. And I say all that to go back to, to a point. The industry may seem large, but it's very small and it's based off of relationships. And they're really looking for someone it's, Capitalism is one of the things in the past, you know, we hear that and it's almost more or less an idea at this point because uh, monopolism is really where it is. So even now when we're going out and we're negotiating these or trying to, you know, we're all in the business to get to a point to where we want to be heard on a larger platform. Um, but like the larger companies, Sony, Universal, uh, you know, any, a few of them, and that's just to name a few, not to point them out. But even they have ownership in a lot of the independent um, ventures. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people don't understand that once you get a distribution deal, your partnership is with whatever label that is. And the whole point behind having a distribution deal is not just the money, is if you do have a viral song that catches, um, you don't have time to shop your deal, promote, and do all of this stuff at the same time. So when we hear these songs and they're kind of going viral on YouTube, and then, you know, a few weeks later, you hear them on a the radio. The reason why that happened that way and happened that fast is because whatever label they were already dealing with or, you know, independent label was assigned to, they already had a distribution deal. So whatever company that they're working with, it gets advanced to them right away and they handle the promotion to X, Y, Z. So even when you're independent, there's still a label of you want partnership. You don't want to be an employee, you know, with any of these companies. You want a partnership. And it's okay to demand that because if they're coming to talk to you, that means you have leverage. Mm. And consult professionals. You know, if you have ideas, it's okay to get YouTube. It's okay to talk to friends. It's okay to do your own research. Um, a few weeks ago, I uh, sat down and I had lunch with, uh, with a business lawyer, an entertainment lawyer, actually. And we're just more or less talking about the state of business. And it was just more or less like a soft audit to make sure that you know, I'm doing the things I was supposed to, or that I'm supposed to, I understand things the way that I am and and to pretty, and go even further to protect my business even more. And it's gonna cost you money. It, it definitely costs you money, but you get a write-off for legal, uh, you get a write-off for promotion. You know, these are all things that you do. So that's all charged to my company. Mm. So one, every creator, I don't care what you do, um, if you're making revenue, or even if you're not making revenue, you want to get you a CPA. You want to get someone that understands tax law, someone that can help you identify and get your um, you know, benefits that are coming to you so you can invest in your craft. So that way, a lot of these people don't realize, most people don't realize that these companies, you know, these when they pay $10 million for these Super Bowl ads, you know, they get to claim that and they get that money back. So yes, um, because it's not a guarantee. You may only hit 10% of your market, you know, with a promotion and that's how you get those loopholes. So every year, and I'm bringing that up now because we're coming up to tax season, 
So every year there's an opportunity for independent business to get an influx of legal cash, legal cash. And this is the same thing that all of the other companies, all every major company in this world uses tax loopholes. Mm. You know, everyone. So even when you look at Amazon, you know, and all those years that they reported in the red, and people don't even realize that the company lost money for years. They operated in the red, operated in the red, but he had a vision. He had the course. And as you're operating in the red, you get to claim some of that loss. You get that money back. So it doesn't look, it's to the public, general public, it's a loss. And trust me, they also have insurances. Like, so key insurance, there are different type of policies that protect the business. So it's definitely ideal that you get with an entertainment lawyer, um, your producer, artist, creator, any kind of creator. If you're dealing with the industry, you want to consult certified professionals to protect yourself. Um, I have no problem with giving information. I mean, it's one of the reasons why now, but I only give information to where I believe it's going to be applied mm -hmm. for years. You know, we've all had those people who come to us and they're asking, you know, they're always asking you questions, always asking advice. And when you give it to them, they never take it. <laughs> they never take it. And then they come back, tell you how much of a travesty it was and, you know, how terrible it went and ask again. And then they go out and they don't, they don't take your advice again. So um, it's okay to charge people for uh, to monetize your intellect that's what lawyers do um, that that's anyone consulting and all that stuff and it's very necessary so don't think that you're above that process don't be intimidated by it uh, most of the time if you're going into the process just tell them exactly who you are where you are and and what you want to you know where you want to want you want to get to because these people and you have to be careful with sharing particular ideas don't necessarily want to do that unless you put people on nda so don't get down to the details of your promotion um with these people because i mean unfortunately in hip-hop and any other business people steal so protect your investment you know do your research and just really learn about the market because even right now i'm watching trends watching trends in the industry just like we're watching trends in the world you know we're in it's happening again it's happening again and i'm just watching a cycle and it's just one of those things that always stuck out history does repeat itself mm -hmm. and the more you know and the more informed you are the better you will be to be in a position you know and it's just one of those things where we know if we know where lightning strikes if you have a you know a place and they record and they say this is where the most lightning strikes happen xyz are you going to stand there in a rainstorm <laughs> but in business we're doing that a lot and especially in this, in this entertainment industry and it was something that was huge that I saw because it was two people that I looked up to professionally is the mending of of a relationship between Jay-Z and Dame Dash mm -hmm. and that's huge for the culture because it was an inspiration for me like I said I didn't always necessarily want to be in entertainment but I always love music and that company as a whole, it just yeah. to me embodied like black excellence, professionalism, you know what I'm saying? And even being younger, looking at Dame Dash's way, I'm like, I mean, Matt may be a little brash, but at the end of the day, I saw the passion. I understood the intent, mm -hmm. you know, and it wasn't to inspire uh, people like myself and, and others, uh, individuals to 
have the confidence in yourself, you know, and they didn't get there because they made a phone call to someone like, I'll just be honest, man, there's, you don't, and you don't even want to cut the line like that because you lose the opportunity to, to learn so much. And so many of these artists go through that process and they do jump the line. And then the first time that they're talking actual business and paperwork, they're sitting in a meeting room. And you don't, you don't want that to, you don't want to be, be that person. And the first time you're sitting in the meeting room, you know, you got your people and you may have an advisor with you, a friend, a family member, and you're talking to, you know, you got two or three lawyers in the room with two or three execs and their whole team and everyone surrounding you telling you how good of a deal you're signing. Mm. And you think by now that, you know, we'd stop running the same play, but it keeps right. happening. It keeps happening. <laughs> Consistently. Consistently. Man. Man, I mean, it's, it's always a delight every time you're on. You always drop so much knowledge and share so much information. We really, really appreciate you. And I appreciate, I appreciate the opportunity to do that, man, because sometimes, even for me, and it depends on if you want to be a CEO of really anything or a leader, whatever you want to call it, um, you have to really step outside of yourself, you know, in most situations and see and understand um, that the, the people that you talk to for no reason determine your success. Mm. You know, and even for me, you know, originally it was more of some of those things, an opportunity. I'm like, man, someone with, with an outlet wants to interview me. Like I took in that, I felt it to see that. And it felt good to see that someone, uh, you know, took an interest in that. Keep the relationships pure, man. Don't burn bridges because the hand that you slap today may be the hand that you need to pull you out of whatever situation in a few months, a few years. But just be gracious. Um, being humble is real, right? Because you're in a shark tank here. And everyone thinks that they're the baddest one in their area until you run into a bigger shark that wasn't. <laughs> you know, yeah. I definitely appreciate it. Definitely uh, appreciate what you have here. Definitely helps me grow, uh, even to present, right? Starting off, kind of shooting off at the head. And even sometimes I kind of, you know, I said a whole lot here briefly because I'm just trying to get out a bunch of information for people to really understand and hit on some high points. And these are high points. These are conversations that I have with creators from different cities, you know, and I have these conversations more with creators from hip hop than I do any other genre. Mm. And hip hop isn't even a top grossing uh genre in music yeah, that's what people don't understand I'm like well country music definitely has a beat yeah. and if you get the structure of their lives and their deals and all of that you can get two three you know these mega stars on tour and have no problems they're just making money together and that's because they don't live a lifestyle they're not pushing to a lifestyle or a, or a genre or a culture um, that's that's like we'll just call hip hop what it is right now. It's just a sick culture, but it's still growing. You know, to be sick is not saying that it's, you know, it's anything wrong with it. We all get sick. We just have to make sure we do the right things and invest in the right places to bring it back to, um, to a good point, a healthy point, because it should be healthy for everyone. 
Yeah, for sure. So yeah, before we get ready to head out, can you let everyone know where they can follow you and subscribe, you know, whatever you got going on? Follow me. The fastest way to catch me, Sean Cobain on Instagram, S-H-O-N-C-O-B-A-I-N. That's Instagram again, um, Lyrical Ambush E-N-T, spelled exactly how it sounds, um, on Instagram as well. And anytime, man, really just send a DM, uh, send a request. If you heard on the radio show, let me know because I'll definitely show you love. Hey, that's what's up. You know, once once again, you know, always a good time when you come through. And I just really appreciate all those gems. How about you, Breeze? Man, you know, see, hey, you know, she didn't hear nothing from me because <laughs> I was soaking, I was soaking everything up, and so that was some good stuff. Really was. Yeah. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. And before I go, I gotta give a shout out to my business partner, my little cousin, my big little cousin, Keys and Mud Dine Entertainment. They got something huge going on over here. I need to get them on the show, man. I got to set that up. So you heard me say it on here. You got to come on the show and I'm going to make sure I drop it and post your people so they can put pressure on you. It's time for the world <laughs> to hear what you're doing. Awesome. All right. Till next time, once again, thank you. We appreciate thank you. you. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. All right. And it was really, really great having Sean Cobain on again. He always brings wisdom and knowledge and great topics. So, um, yeah, it's always a treat anytime he's on. Yeah. You know, you got to watch Sean because he's putting those building blocks together. And so you may not see him, but hey, he's undercover putting building stuff. He's built putting stuff together and building and creating. So, you know, kudos to him. Cool guy. (laughs) Yep. Absolutely. All right, we're going to take a quick pause for the cause, and then we'll be back with music industry news right after this. Okay.
back with music industry news, lots and lots and lots of things happening as always. But, you know, we try to break it down, pull it all in one spot and simplify it for you as much as we can. So uh, this is the point where Breezy usually recommends that people go ahead and grab your notepads, uh, your pens and your pencils and all that good stuff. Right. Oh, yeah, man. You know, you, you got to have your music marvels notepad. Okay, with a chick with beats and breezy Gibson because some of these, you know what? Some of the <laughs> some of the tips that you've been giving out, I'm noticing that some major, major folks are coming through doing the same thing. And so it's like you are like a a, a forecaster. <laughs> You're taking the getting the data and putting it out there, and people are listening. <laughs> well, thank you for that. So here we go. Uh, first up, Tidal has decided to add a free tier to its music streaming service. So, you know, initially you just had to pay right off the bat, but now they're going to try to compete um, a little bit better with Spotify, Pandora, and the other services that offer uh, free options. So now Tidal has three. And so there's Tidal Free, which is just ad supported. There's Tidal Hi-Fi, which is $10 a month. And then there's Tidal Hi-Fi Plus for the $20 a month. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see what comes forward from that. Yeah, it really will. You know, so um, choices are choices and the more the merrier. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, speaking of title, they've also decided to launch um, user centric royalties instead of you know, the way that um, the other streaming services do it. So we've mentioned before, you know, just in case you missed it, um, most streaming services use what's called the pro rata. Um, wafer royalties so it's from the latin word proportional but basically every month they take the money that's collected from subscribers and advertisers it's all pulled together and then divided by total number of streams so um man throw a major artist at me breezy uh <laughs> <laughs> hey with the amas just being on recently that's hard to do because the choices are so wide oh yeah um, Okay, Major Adele. Okay, so let's say Adele had 5% of streams for the month of November. Adele's going to get 5% of all that money that was collected from that pot. So it doesn't matter if you never listen to Adele anytime that you're on the streaming service, she's still going to get 5% of whatever they've collected due to you listening. So a lot of people are saying that that's not really fair just because most of that money gets eaten up by the major artists and just kind of trickled down to the independent artists. So with Tidal trying to switch to the user centric, that way the artist that you listen to actually gets paid from the money that was generated from your stream. And so this is something that, um, you know, a lot of songwriters and artists have kind of been wanting for a long time. So Tidal's going to go ahead and do that now with their um hi-fi plus tier so another thing i'm excited to see uh, how that turns out it'll be much better for the artists that way and i hope that other streaming services follow suit yeah well um you know how it is open open one door then here comes everybody <laughs> yes yep absolutely and warner music group has launched uh, wmx which is the Warner Music Experience in order to kind of streamline uh, people who want to purchase ads. So it's a rebranding of what they uh, initially called WEA. And so it's going to offer advertisers the chance 
to go through all their brands like all at once. So that's Uproxx, just in case you weren't aware. Yes, it's owned by Warner, Songkick, Hip Hop DX, Cover Nation, and a whole bunch of others. So, you know, it's always kind of good to pay attention to, um, you know, who owns what. And especially as an artist, if you decide to advertise, that would make it an easy way for you to do it, to be able to get your music or whatever you're promoting across all those platforms at once. Hey, well, easy is as easy is. (laughs) Yes. And more Warner news. Their acquisition group has raised $535 million dollars. So this is just for the purpose of buying things. And so there's a lot of speculation about what they could be getting ready to do with that kind of money. Um, So at this point, it's all just rumors, guesses, things that people have kind of noticed that they might be into. But first up, which I thought was kind of interesting, is that they think that it could possibly be to buy 300 Entertainment. So, you know, Homa, Young Thug, Megan Thee Stallion and others. But, um, you know, it seems like it might not really be that likely since they kind of hold on to their, um, you know, theme of supporting indies. So, but who knows if the price is right, maybe they will sell. But uh, right now it's valued for around $400 million. So they'd definitely be able to buy that. David Bowie's catalog is something else that people are speculating maybe they're trying to buy. Um, And Concord um, for a portion of what they because they're valued between four and five billion so of course they wouldn't be able to buy the whole thing but yeah lots of theories we'll see what actually happens if they're one of these i'll be quite shocked actually but hey we'll see and once we know more we'll let you know hey sounds good we wait we wait (laughs) right and if you're a fan of uh bmf Stars has ordered a companion documentary series uh, with 50 Cent as the executive producer. It's going to be an eight-episode docuseries that will offer an inside look at the different perspectives from everyone that was involved. So it will be kind of interesting to see. I actually checked out um, a BMF documentary that came out in 2012 and found it very fascinating. So I'd be interested to see it portrayed as a series but uh, kudos to 50 Cent for knowing what to back as far as these television shows go. Because, I mean, BMF got renewed after the first season or first episode aired. So, yeah, kudos to 50 Cent for diversifying and, and kind of knowing what the people want. Yeah, you know, that that uh, once you start making a cross and get that broader audience, you know, we just had a meeting about that. You know, that broader <laughs> audience can mean... Uh, mega responses you know from directions that previously weren't there so right absolutely all right and rap music on trial so new york senators brad hoylman and jamal bailey have introduced rap music on trial legislation to limit song lyrics from being used as evidence in criminal cases in an attempt to protect defendants creative expression and safeguard against racial bias So this is huge news. Um, Hopefully this legislation can make it (laughs) to where it needs to be because it's definitely a problem. If you have to be worried about what you're saying in your music, you know, that can affect your artistry a great deal. And, uh, you know, first thing that came to mind when I was uh, learning about this was Bobby Shmurda 
you know how he was able to use this song to be able to lock him up and you know it was just it was something to see because the label was still making money off of the song going but they didn't do anything to like help him uh beat the case so it's like you know they they were cool to collect on it but him as an artist didn't really matter much to him at least that's how it looked on the outside so you know kudos to them for actually trying to do something about this and um keep people from having to stifle their artistry yeah well you know <laughs> there's an a side and a b side <laughs> to a lot of different things and so you know when that topic comes up one of the first things that i think thought about was uh those three numbers 187 so different things different mm-hmm. things happen different yeah. things happen uh, yeah definitely have to be careful but um yeah since rap music usually gets a, a terrible rap in <laughs> no pun intended but in um, media and reports and stuff. So, you know, hopefully this can kind of change some stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's all. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Spotify has debuted a Netflix hub. So it features music and podcasts tied to Netflix shows and movies. So they kind of pulled everything together in a centralized spot. And apparently there's going to be more to come. Um, they're even having the enhanced album for the Netflix Western, The Harder They Fall, with a behind the scenes look at the creation of the soundtrack um, that Jay-Z put together. So I think that this is a really cool move. It'll make things really, really convenient for people. And especially, you know, for artists who receive placements, um, that'll be great visibility. So, you know, your song gets used in a documentary or drama or whatever the case may be then now it can be centralized in that area. So it's pretty cool. Flow with it, flow. (laughs) Speaking of Spotify, they're growing. They've expanded their service into six new countries, Iraq, Libya, Tajikistan. I hope I said that right. Venezuela, the Republic of Congo, and the Democratic Republic of the Congo. So now Spotify is available in 184 markets. So that's major. That's very major. You know, it's to me, that's a plus sign. Uh, a lot of those um, various governments around the world try to put some clamps mm-hmm. on, on, on music and on artists, artists. And so, you know, for that to happen, that's, that's really a, a great salute to them. It is. All right, and so we're going to take a quick pause for the cause, and then we'll be right back with round two of Music Industry News right after this.
Okay, and we're back. Music copyright value has hit $32.5 billion in the year 2020, according to a new study. So, I mean, the copyright value of $32.5 billion, we've been seeing all these investments into uh, music rights. And so it's just proof that, uh, you know, it's there's money in the music. It's there. Um, so, yeah, shout out to all the indies out there. Keep grinding. Um, yeah, record labels had commanded two thirds of the global music copyright income. So, you know, that's why we keep seeing these stories about artists wanting to rework their deals and all that other stuff. But um, yeah, just just an interesting statistic to be aware of. Yeah, you know, and, and speaking of reworking deals, you know, we, we always uh, kind of lean towards telling people or sharing with people always surround yourself with uh, a group of competent people who can advise you mm-hmm. okay and um, so when you're talking about um, um, revamping their contract I think of athletes and so on and so forth you know once those contracts are signed it's hard to break in there and, <laughs> and change them in midstream so you know when you um, uh, surround yourself with competent people that give you input and ideas about um, your uh, future and, and, and your your uh, walk of life, you know, you want to get that contract right the first time. Okay, so uh, just just shooting it out there, passing it out there. You know, always keep some competent people around, and don't just jump for the first offer. Okay, but, but make sure you know the offer that you sign is an offer that you can sleep with and. You won't have any second uh, guesses about it after the fact, because once the after the fact comes in, oh, it's hard to change. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Excellent advice, and <laughs> definitely needed. Yeah. When you hey, once you start saying, "I wish I had," "I wish I would have," oh, it's too late. Hmm. Yep. Underlining that right there, or yeah, insert the virtual air horn, but <laughs> yeah, very, very important. Or especially, why didn't somebody tell me? Oh my gosh, well, there you go. Yep, absolutely. All right, and TikTok has plans to make business to business music licensing on its platform simple. So, this would be pretty cool. Um, they've got a big team trying to work out ways to partner up with rights holders on both sides you know publishing and master just to make sure that clearance can be faster easier more user friendly so you know especially with um, independents having success on TikTok, if they do this that means that there's more opportunities for placements um, so brands can use your music uh, right there within the platform and you can actually get paid for it So, you know, hopefully this is something that they can figure out quickly because that means more money in the artist's pocket. So definitely always for that. Well, I mean, more money, more money. I mean, hey, (laughs) complain about that. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. An AI music platform, Amy, has raised 20 million in a recent funding round. So they say that their technology was built by deconstructing thousands of hours of recording and consulting with a lot of uh, professional DJs and producers to um, see, I guess, how relevant their algorithm was. So um, they're gonna use the new funding to establish an updated operating system with um, 
I guess, additional programming. So who knows what can come forward uh, from that in the future. You know, it's kind of cool that technology can do this thing, but I think I always get a little bit uh, nervous when they talk about artificial intelligence and music. Um, So just, you know, while it might be cool to kind of streamline some stuff, a lot of times the whole essence can kind of get lost, but we'll see how this works out. Um, and what they do with that 20 million and how soon we start uh, sharing more and more stories about them. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> All right. And DistroKid has uh, entered the NFT market with sellouts. So they've worked with 10,000 artists to mint 10,000 collectible NFTs. So each NFT is supposed to commemorate the music of that specific artist and proceeds from the sales and resales will still go to each artist. So that's always a benefit. Um, so each NFT will have a distro kid mascot personally customized by each artist. And so it's supposed to have like all these different traits and, you know, kind of enter in that whole uh, metaverse type thing, but um, it's free for musicians who earn any money that they get from it. So. You know, that's a good thing. And any DistroKid member can actually design their own and try to join the wait list to see if they can be a part of the initial drop. So if that's something you're interested in, you use DistroKid, there you go. Make sure you check that out. Okay. Interesting. (laughs) All right. Less than three months after they announced the 16 million seed round, the NFT music rights startup Royal has now raised $55 million in another major round of funding from um, A16Z Crypto. So the partners, um, the startup partners with musicians and lets the users buy NFTs, which represent the collective ownership of all the works of those artists. So, you know, joining A16Z Crypto include uh, Nas, Logic, the Chainsmokers, and some other musical artists as well. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, you know, anytime you see some of the big names doing it, it's kind of uh, important to evaluate it and see if it'll be beneficial to you uh, for you to be able to get in on it as well. Mm. <laughs> Major moves being made all the time. So mm-hmm. you know, all the time. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of NFTs, like recently Method Man, Snoop Dogg and Death Row just dropped some. So, yeah, we're seeing more and more um, hip hop artists getting into it. But yeah, no matter what genre you're in, it's definitely something worth looking into. And uh, for those that are concerned about NFTs effects on the environment, there are some companies um, actually working to change that to make them a little bit greener. So, yeah, still something don't rule it out just yet because there may be alternatives that might work for you if that's something you want to do. Yeah, and, and another tip is that, uh, you know, with the, the holiday season coming up, uh, sometimes, you know, some artists have uh, their schedules booked, but others don't, okay? So when you've got that free time like that and you, you're not booked, you might want to look into some books to <laughs> upgrade your, your knowledge about record labels this that or the other okay so make use of that time uh, as we know uh january 1st is right around the corner you know time is flying next thing you know that half of next year be gone already so again if you don't have anything booked make the most 
of that time and, and uh, grab some books, uh, take some internet courses or whatever. Online knowledge is always great to have. Yes, absolutely. More great advice. All right. And yeah. Um, one re- that. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And uh, so far, One Republic is the first major label U.S. artist or group to be uh, paid via cryptocurrency for a live show. So they accepted Bitcoin for full payment of a show via Strike, which is a peer-to-peer Bitcoin payment app. So, you know, yeah, definitely just like you were saying, like do the research. Um, yeah, there's tons of opportunities out there um, that don't really get publicized for independent artists, but everything that the majors are doing, most of these platforms and stuff that they use are also open to people who just know about them and know to apply and check it out. So heads up there. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Bitcoin, just this week, um, there was a major um, NFL athlete that was traded to a new team and changed his contract and all of that and so on and so forth. But the contract um, actually resulted in he wanted uh, the majority of his income to be paid to him in Bitcoin. Mm. Okay, so that that raised a lot of eyebrows around the league with other players, and and so then instantly other players started uh, asking about that, and they started getting their people to check that out, and leading toward uh, them being paid in Bitcoin as well. So different things are happening, <laughs> so, yeah. and they happen fast. They happen fast. <laughs> they really do. All right, and um, so. Just a, a, a quick heads up here. Sony Music has bought 100 million shares of the Chinese platform NetEase's music service. So the IPO initial public offering is supposed to go forward December 2nd. Um, NetEase actually has direct licensing agreements with all three major music companies. And so with Sony doing this unilaterally, you know, it's kind of interesting to see who they're putting their music into. So this isn't the first time that they've done it before a company went public. So they've done it before with Spotify and also with Tencent Music Entertainment. And, um, you know, with Spotify, once they sold it, you know, we were able to see that they were able to sell their shares for a good deal of money. So, um, yeah, just kind of interesting to see when Sony puts music or puts money behind it um, even when they already have a contract with them it lets you know that they know something that (laughs) the rest of us don't know so definitely something to pay attention to Uh yeah (laughs) all right and that does it for this week's edition of music industry news we're going to take another quick break and then we'll be back before we head out for the night okay sounds good Oh, 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 oh,
All right, and that does it for this episode of Music Marvels with the Chickle Beats and Freezy Gibson. We thank you so much for joining us. We really, really appreciate you rocking with us, and we appreciate your support. Yeah, you know, I mean, things are hopping, things are popping. Uh, stuff changes each and every day, so, you know, we just give you a shout-out for, for tuning in, following us uh, on online and different other places because there's nothing but love coming from here, but also a whole lot of knowledge. Okay, so stick and stay, and um, just stick and stay. <laughs> yes. All right. So you know where to find us next time. Same time, same place. Tune in. Tell a friend, and we'll see you then. Peace. Peace.